A recent statement was made by the Vatican that accidentally illustrates the core of the situation in Vatican City today. A bishop recently said of the Church's recognition of the ordination of members of Henry VIII's organization that it no longer holds to tradition, that is, that the Catholic Church no longer holds to tradition, that the Catholic Church no longer holds the view that it did since the time of Henry VIII until the papacy of Benedict XVI. That issue is interesting in itself, but the statement is one of those that is broadly one that accidentally lets the whole game away. The statement that the church no longer does what it used to do is applicable to a whole lot of areas, and that is something we should talk about today because a Vatican official admitting that they have broken from sacred tradition is a much bigger deal than anyone realizes, and it points to something else that the Vatican just said, that ecumenical efforts are now at the core of modern Catholicism, according to the Vatican, despite what tradition may say on that matter, too. Let's get into this. But before we get started, I wanted to thank the patrons and the channel members and the people who support this channel directly for their support. It has helped greatly to keep these podcasts coming, especially in these uncertain times. If you want to help for as little as a dollar a month, you can join us on Patreon, Subscribestar, or by clicking that join button on YouTube. People requested that I have a P.O. box, so I have that too. In the description, you'll find details for all of that. We're heading into a time where authentically Catholic messages are going to have to be supported by the typical everyday Catholic instead of getting support from anywhere else. That's just the state of things. Anyway, thank you for your support. And now on to our topic. There are three pillars of the church's authority, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and the church's magisterium. This sounds like Catholicism 101 stuff, but it's important here. Sacred tradition does not refer to individual practices and customs, such as wearing the brown scapular. Rather, it is the oral teachings of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ handed on to the apostles and to the church, and it carries equal weight with the church's book, the Bible. Even Vatican II recognized this, or at least paid it lip service. Here is what De Verbum, or the Word of God document from Vatican II, has to say about sacred tradition. And please note that I am not one who usually quotes Vatican II documents, except to make a point about how the modernists in Rome have broken from their own definitions of things. But here's the definition from De Verbum. Quote, Hence, there exists a close connection and communication between sacred tradition and sacred scripture, where both of them, flowing from the same divine wellspring, in a certain way emerge into a unity and tend toward the same end. For sacred scripture is the word of God inasmuch as it is consigned to writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. To the successors of the apostles, sacred tradition hands on in its full purity God's word, which was entrusted to the apostles by Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Thus, by the light of the Spirit of truth, these successors can, in their preaching, preserve this word of God faithfully, explain it, and make it more widely known. Consequently, it is not from sacred scripture alone that the church draws her certainty about everything that which has been revealed. Therefore, both sacred tradition and sacred scripture are to be accepted and venerated with the same devotion and reverence. End quote. Sacred tradition or apostolic tradition is more than that, though. Contrary to the odd understanding of authority of the Church as held by many Catholics today, the Church does not teach anything new in a formal sense. A Pope may issue an encyclical telling the faithful that they have a moral obligation, in light of the faith, to wear a seatbelt or participate in your local neighborhood community activities or to re recycle or whatnot, but those are not formal teachings. Issues that touch upon the census fide, the deposit of the faith, do, and this includes the right of ordination 
Holy Eucharist, issues that are formally defined and frankly often informally defined but have been believed back to the apostles, which includes many things, including the fact that the church never permitted those who have allowed Caesar to break their sacramentally binding nuptial vows to receive the Eucharist, or in the case of the encyclical I am citing from Leo XIII, that the ordinations and episcopal consecrations from Henry VIII's project are null and void. But the bigger issue here is this. That the traditions of the Church that are rooted in what we as Catholics believe are of such importance that they are a matter of the authority of the hierarchy and are placed on the same level with magisterial authority and the Bible. That is to say, we as Catholics believe that the Bible is inerrant, and we say as Catholics that the magisterial authority of the Church is inerrant when it is exercised formally. The same is true for apostolic or sacred tradition. And this is why it is a big deal that the Vatican recently admitted that on the issue of Henry VIII's project and its ordinations, that the Church no longer does what it once did, that the magisterium is looking to change what it taught. In short, the Vatican may be trying to find a way to reach out to, the, to Henry VIII's protege and recognize their state. Consider the consequences for that beyond the absolute state of that organization. During the pontificate of John Paul II, the Vatican attempted to do the same thing, and they realized that if they changed what was taught, then that would annihilate papal infallibility. Why? Because Leo XIII's encyclical was an expression of papal infallibility, according to those investigators, or may very well have been. And, but how could it not be? The Pope was ruling authoritatively, in a way that could only logically be done from the chair of Peter, on an issue related to the passing on of apostolic authority from one generation to the next, on an issue of who can confect the Eucharist, offer, absolution in the confessional, and most importantly, who, by their holding of a formal position with the Church, carries on that unbroken lineage from the Apostles to the present day. The Church, for example, recognizes the ordinations and episcopal consecrations of the Orthodox, and has since the separation of Rome and Constantinople in 1054, and again when the reunification that occurred 400 years later proved to be temporary. The apostolic line was unbroken then and remains unbroken today, same as in Rome. But the consequence of them saying this is both an undermining of papal infallibility and paradoxically an attempt to rely purely on magisterial authority for their position. Consider this. We have numerous examples of members of the hierarchy and figures who will almost certainly become bishops in the future who have rejected the inerrancy of sacred scripture. Men like Pastor Jimmy Martin have publicly said that St. Paul was wrong on his pet issue which are wide, and, and other issues which are wide-ranging. What does that mean in practice? That these prelates today are trying to rely purely on their own magisterial authority to do whatever it is they want. We've seen this in talks of establishing eco-sins, in practice in the promulgation of Amoris Laetitia, and we see it with the laity who believe that anything that comes out of Rome is binding on the faithful, and that we are not to object to anything. The end effect is that by admitting to unmooring themselves from tradition in one place, they have admitted to doing so in several, and in so doing illustrate that their program in its entirety is one that is self-defeating and will eventually fail. These three pillars of the faith are not something that was made up by the church. They are part of the rock on which the deposit of the faith is built upon. They are inseparably tied to one another. In John Paul's II's papacy, the hierarchy ultimately, again, rejected this. But why was it on the table at all? And why is it even now? Because of something else that the bishops said, that ecumenical efforts are at the core of the Catholic faith now. It is seen in proposals to allow anyone to receive communion who wants it, functionally speaking. You can sort of see the through line of Amoris Laetitia to this current statement. They do not even have to affirm the real presence in order to receive, according to some proposals. Imagine John Calvin presenting himself for the Eucharist. That's on the table. This is modernism, of course, and it some would say we must accept it. 
but I don't think so. And I know that most of you listening to this don't really think so either. But what do you think? Let me know your comments in, please, in the comment section, because in the Vatican City, the work of the modernists is never done. And that is why I tell you to pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.